Amen. My name is Kyle Porter, and I am an elder here at Mosaic Church. And <clears throat> on Tuesday night, we had uh, we had a couple over to our house for dinner. It's a great dinner, really encouraging. We ended a little bit late, and uh, after the dinner, there was a there was like this group hangout with all of our elders. And uh, whenever we get together as a team, we're usually meeting about budget planning or um, men's and women's Bible study or how we're going to have to hire four youth ministers in the next two years, you know, some, something along those lines. We don't, we don't really hang out a ton just to, to hang out, to have fun. And so we're hanging out. Kyle Worley was there. If you're, if you're new here, Kyle Worley's our, our, uh, our lead teaching pastor, and he's on sabbatical right now. So he was there. Uh, we were all, it was just, it was a really sweet galvanizing time. And I don't know why this played out the way it did, but I, I, I brought up, I said, hey, do you guys remember whenever, uh, this was at the start of 2020, whenever Kyle Worley got sick on uh, uh, this happened on a Saturday afternoon, and uh, John McHale, who is our uh, other vocational elder, he's on staff, he preaches uh, pretty often, and, and John McHale had to fill in for him on like one day's notice. I was like, do you remember when that guy's happened? Or do, I said, do you guys remember when that happened? And we were all kind of laughing about just like, that was crazy, like, I can't believe that went down. And I said, man, what would we do if, uh, because Kyle's on sabbatical, if John, who was supposed to preach today, got sick and there was nobody to fill in for him. And so we went around the room and kind of said, like, hey, you know, there was some ambiguity, but we kind of gave, like, hey, this is what I would do. And we, we joked and laughed about it. And that was a lot funnier on Tuesday night than it was on Saturday afternoon when John texted all of us and said, hey, I've got food poisoning. Somebody, I can't go tomorrow. Somebody's going to have to fill in. So the joke was on me after I had laid that out on Tuesday. And the punchline is that I had even thought, after I preached in June, man, that was, I love that. That was so good. I'd really like to do that more in the future. I was thinking more like November or December than July 25th, but uh, here we are. So if you're new here and you came to hear Kyle Worley preach on something that he has been working on for 15 weeks, instead you're getting a different Kyle who's been working on something for about 15 hours. So that is my caveat. But here's the truth. We're always going to put God's Word in front of you, and that's what matters most. Uh, we will always point to God's Word and, uh, and, and, and dive into it. So today we're going to be in 1 Peter 4. So 1 Peter 4, 7 through 11. And you might be saying, why are we in 1 Peter? I thought we were doing uh, the Psalms. I thought we were doing Anatomy of the Soul. 1 Peter 4 is something that uh, I had already been kind of thinking about all week, and, and uh, I wrote part of our newsletter on it. It had just been on my heart a lot, so I, I thought yesterday, uh, a little bit past this time, uh, why don't I just stick with that instead of trying to, to jump back into the psalm? So 1 Peter 4, um, 7 through 11, let's read that together. And at the end, I'll say, this is the word of the Lord, and you guys can respond by saying, thanks be to God. The end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers over a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, 
Whoever serves is one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. So Peter begins and ends uh, this passage with the ending in mind, right? He opens this section by saying, the end of all things is at hand, and then he closes by talking about God's eternal dominion and glory. And I think what's compelling about this is not that the end of the world is at hand, although it might be. We don't know when Jesus will come back and things as we know them will be over, but I think what's compelling is the the end of our lives is always at hand, right? James 4 says, for you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. And in light of that reality that that, um, our lives are so short, right? What's the phrase we always hear? Don't waste your life, right? Our lives are so short. Um, In light of that, Peter says, therefore, with that in mind, therefore, this is how you are to live. He says that at the very beginning of this passage. So we're going to look at what happens after the therefore. We're going to look at what happened, what comes after the therefore, how we are to live in light of the fact that the end uh, for us is near. So if you're taking notes, this is my uh, just sort of idea uh, thesis for today. Uh, What marks our lives as Christians is meant for the good of others. What marks our lives as Christians is meant for the good of others. What marks our lives as Christians is meant for the good of others. So that begs the question, what exactly is it that should mark the Christian life? And I think there, there are four things that you see pretty clearly in 1 Peter 4, in this passage that we're looking at. So the first one is uh, this idea of having self-control and sober-mindedness. So self-control and sober-mindedness, you see that at the beginning. The second is having a love for others, having a love for others that covers over a multitude of sins. So having a love for others. The third is hospitality. So again, these are things that mark the Christian life. Hospitality. And then the last one is speaking and serving, using our gifts, uh, speaking and serving through God. Speaking and serving through God, through the power that God provides. So the first thing, and and we'll we'll go through all four of these, and at the end, we're going to spend some time Uh, meditating on them, and then uh, praying with one another for for ways that we can can develop in these, can grow in these, for for maybe places where we've been uh, failing in them or thriving in them, and and celebrate that as well. So we'll spend some time meditating on that and then praying with one another. Uh, But the first thing that Peter tells us is to be self-controlled and sober-minded. This summer, I don't know if you're like me, but I have not practiced self-control and sober-mindedness the way that I probably should have. I think it's easy in the summer to say, um, especially, maybe especially in a post-pandemic summer, just to say, hey, I'm going to do what I want with my time, right? I'm going to um, watch the movies that I want to watch when I want to watch them. I'm going to eat and drink uh, what I want to eat and drink. And um, this is hard because so many of these things are things that, that can and should be enjoyed, but when they become the thing that I'm chasing to bring me joy, then they become an idol, right? When they become the thing that I'm chasing so that they will bring me joy, instead of just enjoying them, then they become an idol. I had a conversation with a good friend the other day, and I I asked him, I said, what is the most important thing to to tend to or to uh, maintain internally 
as we get older as Christians? And he said, he had a really great answer, and I thought it was super interesting. He said, I think it's probably time spent in the Lord's presence, time spent in the presence of the Lord. Because this time spent in the presence of the Lord, this engenders a self-control and a sober-mindedness that if we're left to our own devices, we, we stray away from, right? But if we're, if we're spending time in the presence of the Lord, it engenders a self-control and sober-mindedness that, that maybe we don't always have. And this doesn't mean that, all of this doesn't mean that we can't have fun, but it does mean that there is a, um, a seriousness to this life and to the next one um, that, that we maybe don't think about enough. And so why should we maintain self-control and, and sober-mindedness? It says right here in the text, it says, for the sake of our prayers. It says, maintain self-control and sober-mindedness for the sake of our prayers. Well, who do we pray for when we pray? We pray for others, right? We pray for those around us. And this is what I mean uh, when I say um, what marks our lives as Christians is meant for the good of others. When our lives are marked by sober-mindedness and self-control, that affects the prayers that I have for my neighbor across the street who's not a Christian. It has a meaningful effect on the prayers, uh, on our prayers for those around us. Uh, love might be, uh, so uh, that was one. The second one is love. Love might be the marker of the Christian life, right? But what does it mean when it says that love covers over a multitude of sins? Love covers over a multitude of sins. This does not mean that we should uh, bury things in our lives until bitterness arises, right? This does not mean that we should just bury things until bitterness arises. And it doesn't mean that we should overlook abuse or ignore patterns of sin in the lives of our brothers and sisters when we see them. That's not what this means. What it means is that when we are wronged or offended or get our feelings hurt, we should be quick to truly forgive. And maybe that involves a conversation with um, the person that wronged you or that offended you, but man, we should be quick to forgive and to move on. And how much easier is it? I was thinking about this as it relates to, to this uh, set of verses. How much easier is it to forgive someone that you earnestly love? The people that we earnestly love, we've, we give the benefit of the doubt to, right? It's so much easier to forgive them. And that's why it says in here to earnestly love, um, because love covers over a multitude of sins. It's so much easier to forgive. One commentary I read on this said, the community, and this is, I, I love this because I think so often it describes the people of Mosaic Church, the people that are in this community. The community that loves one another is able to forgive one another more rapidly when minor issues arise. The community that loves one another is able uh, to forgive one another more rapidly when minor issues arise. What marks our lives as Christians is meant for the good of others. But in this instance, it's not only for the, for the recipient of that love, but it's also for those that are watching, right? For those that are watching uh, our interactions with one another. John 13 says, By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So it's not just, uh, this marker of the Christian life is not just um, meant for good for the recipient of it, for those that we're loving and forgiving, but also people around us that are watching that happen, that see that as a, as a distinctive, as a marker. Um, I wrote in the newsletter this week about, and this is the third one, about hospitality, about how much I've seen it um, in, in you guys, in our people, and how much it's inspired me in my own life to try and practice it. We are a church that has been hospitable, that has been kind and warm and loving, 
And this is to be celebrated, but it's also to be continued. Right? It's not just, hey, that's, that's something that we did, that's who we were, let's celebrate it. It's to be continued into the future. And there are two things about this that I'd like to say. I think the first is maybe you're sitting here, and maybe this is your first time here, or maybe you've been coming for a little while, and, and, and maybe you're saying, well, nobody's ever made my family a meal train, or nobody's ever invited me into, into, uh, into their home for a meal, for a dinner. <clears throat> and I'm sorry for that. I, I know that doesn't feel great, and this is, not, this is not an area where our church has been perfect. It's an area that I've seen just great growth and it's been such a sweet thing to see, but it's also an area that we can grow in. I think we've done hospitality well with, um, with each other, and maybe we could do it better missionally, right? Maybe we could do it better missionally with um, those, those who are not like in our, in our groups, in our, uh, among our people. And the second thing I would say, and I would say this to, to all of us, to myself included, is the idea of hospitality can be paralyzing, right? You think about um, bringing somebody into your home or, or pulling somebody into your life, and it can be overwhelming. It can be overwhelming to think about making one meal for like four other people. That's just, it, it, it really can be. That's a real thing. And so you start to hear things like, well, I can't practice hospitality right now because this is such a busy season for me, right? This is such a difficult time. And, and there, there are seasons where that is completely true. But it can't be every season, right? It can't be every season um, because our lives are a mist, right? Our lives are a vapor. James 4, our lives are a vapor. And I'm with you in that. Life, life with kids uh, is chaotic. But there are ways to push back and to practice that hospitality. Um, I've got two quick personal stories. The first, I think sometimes we think about hospitality as being like a, um, it has to look like a, like a magnolia photo shoot. Like it has to be beautiful and pretty and all this stuff. And that's not true. That's not true. One of, one of my family's goals this year was to have X number of, of block parties, to have all the people on our block, at least invite all the people on our block to, to gather for a time of um, fellowship and just hanging out. And we haven't done that as much, and I think some of it is because it felt overwhelming. It felt like it had to look a certain way or whatever. And so uh, this last week, we just we sent out a text to the to the neighborhood group thread and said, "Hey, we are just literally going to put popsicles in a ice chest and roll it out in the front yard. And whoever wants to come, like bring your kids, get some, and whoever wants to come get a popsicle, come on." And people were over there for like two or three hours, just in the front yard talking, not just with us and not just Christians, but with one another, and there were unbelievers there as well. And that is, that's a sweet thing. And that is, um, I think that's what it means here by, by practicing hospitality. And then the second, we had, a, uh, we had a neighbor over a couple of years ago, and uh, <laughs> it was, it was kind of chaotic. The kids were being crazy. And it was, it was such an encouraging time and, and meal, and it was, it was really sweet. And we get to the end of it, and uh, this neighbor said, hey, thank you for um, inviting us into what was kind of chaotic and, you know, with your house being messy, and it was just like, thank you for inviting us into that because uh, it showed us that we can, we can do it too, like we can do it in our own home. And I thought that was encouraging, but uh, the, the neighbor left, and my wife said, you know, I wouldn't normally be offended by that, and I don't think I am offended, but I actually tried to clean up the house a little bit, and so it feels a little, 
<laughs> just a little bit offensive. But it was also encouraging, right? Because that is the, that's the whole deal. Like that, that is it right there. And I think it hopefully encouraged that neighbor to, to bring people into their home as well. I read a great quote recently that said, the key with hospitality is simply to begin. The key with hospitality is simply to begin. What marks our lives as Christians is meant for the good of others. To wrap this up, verse 10 says that the gifts that we have received are to be used to serve one another. The gifts that we, are, uh, that we have received are, are to be used to serve one another. The NIV here says, it uses a phrase that I thought was so, so good. It says uh, that we are to be faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. We're to be faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. So God has given us all different things, right? Different giftings, different um, personalities. We are to be faithful stewards with God's grace to us in various forms to give away what he has given to us. So two things stick out here. The first in these verses is that we are to speak the words of God. That's what it's meant when it says the or, uh, uh, speaking the oracles of God to other people. That means the very words of God, the Bible. And I think my question that I think about there is, are we doing that enough? Am I doing that enough? Whenever somebody comes to me or I'm having a conversation and trying to uh, give them advice, am I telling them what I think or am I giving them what the Bible says? Right? Am I telling them what I think or am I giving them what the Bible says? And then the second part, uh, and this is a part that I've had, uh, I've actually had like three conversations with people about this specific verse this week, which is why at some point I was like, okay, Holy Spirit, I, th I think this is just what I should preach on on Sunday. Um, it says that we are to serve by the strength that God supplies. Why? So that God may be glorified. And as I prepared for this sermon, I was, I was telling Antonia this earlier, sometimes it's better when you have like 15 hours to do something like this. It's better for your own heart because when you have a month, you're like, oh, well, I'm probably going to like put together some awesome stuff and it's going to be great. And we have 15 hours, you're like, God, I, I need help. Like, I don't know what I'm going to say. I don't know how this is going to go. And that's so good for our hearts to remember that God's well of patience and joy and peace that he provides and strength that he provides, which is what this verse says, is so much deeper than ours, right? His, his well of those things that he wants to, to uh, equip us with is, is never-ending, and ours is very finite, and we forget that. I told, uh, <clears throat> I told my neighbor this week, I think sometimes whenever we serve, whenever we do things for other people, we like to be the hero of our own service. We like to be the hero of our own story, right? I told my neighbor that I was, uh, we, he's a believer, and we were talking, and I said, uh, man, I've really been struggling with just selfishness and um, just being domineering and, and just, um, uh, you know, like not, I haven't been, I want to be more selfless. Like, I need to be more selfless, but I also, like, really want somebody to acknowledge the fact that I'm being more selfless, which is so wicked. It's so horrible, but 
I think this is what is meant here, that when we try to serve by our own strength, through our own strength, not only is that going to run out, but we are also going to make ourselves the hero of the story uh, in which we are not the hero of the story, right? That God is. Um, so that's just something that has kind of been on my heart this week. And the people around us will benefit, the people around us will benefit from hearing God's words, the very words of God, and from being served through God's strength more than our own, through God's strength more than our own. What marks our lives as Christians is meant for the good of others. We'll wrap up with this. Mosaic's vision, Mosaic's vision is to see the gospel and its fruits cover every square inch of Richardson, to see the gospel and its fruits cover every square inch of Richardson. And our mission is to cultivate life in Christ life together, and life on mission. So to cultivate life in Christ, life together, and life on mission. So how will we do these things? How will we cover the city uh, with the gospel, and how do we cultivate these areas of life? I think it's by being people that are marked by the characteristics laid out in 1 Peter 4, what we just read, by being a people that are marked by hospitality and love and using our gifts for the good of others. We will, we will pull people into our community, into our um, network and circles, not by, and, 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 um, and, we will, and we will cover Richardson with the gospel, not by programming or planning our way into it, right? But by being sober-minded, by loving one another, by showing hospitality, and by using the gifts that God has given us to serve others through his strength. That's how that happens, not by... Um, creating new ministries and strategizing into it. It's by the way that we treat one another. I was talking to uh, a different neighbor the other day, and she, her and her husband had, had uh, kind of started coming to Mosaic recently, and she said something to me. Um, she said, you know, the hospitality and kindness of the people in Mosaic has really, uh, it, it really sets you guys apart. And I wasn't like fishing for that. I wasn't like leading her into that. She just kind of said it. And I thought, after she said that, I thought, man, what an encouragement. Because there are things that, there, there are uh, things that we've done and uh, values that we have that we've failed in and that we will fail in, right? No, no church is going to be perfect. But if our push for personal holiness and the development of a Christian life that is marked by these characteristics, and that is pulling people in and getting them excited about making disciples, that's, that's awesome, right? Even if, even if other things fail or they don't go like we thought they were going to or they're frustrating, that's awesome. And that's a testament to not only, um, I think, the way that our people have been living, that you guys have been living, but that we need to continue that as well. That's an exhortation to continue being hospitable and loving and serving others as well. So I want to take a few minutes. Stephen's going to come back up uh, and and play for a minute. And I want us to um, just kind of meditate on these four things. Um, So they are self-control and sober-mindedness. These are characteristics of the Christian life. Loving one another, showing hospitality, and then um, using our gifts of serving and speaking through the strength that God provides. I want us to meditate on those and just meditate on, on um, and just ask the Holy Spirit to show you where can, I, where can I develop in this? Where do I need to grow in this? Where, where have I been thriving and how can I continue doing that?
And then after we meditate uh, for two or three minutes, I'll, I'll come back up and prompt us to, I, I'd like us to pray out loud for one another and just share with one another, hey, this is where I feel like I can grow. Will you pray for me in that? And, and it's going to be loud and it's going to be kind of chaotic and messy. That's okay. Like, that's what we want. So um, two or three minutes to kind of meditate on where the Holy Spirit is leading you. And then I'll come back and prompt us to, to pray with one another.